to the 44th Toronto International Film Festival. You lucky, lucky people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our Toronto International Film Festival 2019 review of The Two Popes. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you, except this week where we are covering everything we saw during the tail end of the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, right now, we are talking about The Two Popes. Um, this is... A Netflix film that's coming soon, I think, so the trailer is definitely available, so you can check it out right now. So that is going to play right now, and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. Do you know the Beatles? Yes, I know, but who they are? Of course you do. <laughs> Eleanor Rigby. Who? Eleanor Rigby. No, I don't know. You know, Yellow Submarine. Dum, 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 dum. Yellow Submarine? That's silly. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> my uh, harshest critics. The way you live is a criticism. Your shoes are a criticism. You don't like my shoes? <laughs> you think you know better? We are no longer part of this world. You know the hardest thing is to listen. To hear his voice. God's voice. Cuando tenga la tierra, te lo juro semilla. It's not me who needs to be satisfied. It's 1.2 million believers. Science! You know, there's a saying. God always corrects one pope by presenting the world with another pope. I should quite like to see my correction. All right, so that was the trailer for The Two Popes. Um, I don't know a lot about all the inner workings of the Roman Catholic Church, so I'm just going to give the basic, most basic of introductions for this film. It's basically, it's a conversation between uh, Pope Benedict and who would later become Pope Francis, and it's them kind of spending time and having conversations together in between when they were each popes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How did I do, Stephen? Pretty good. All Pretty right. good. Um, what did you think of this film? I thought this was a a movie with two very good actors having interesting conversations, and I didn't get much more out of it than that. Uh, which is not to say that I had a bad time. Like, I think Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price are fun to watch. And the conversations they have when not being too overly heavy-handed on, like, this is a film about forgiveness, this is about progress versus conservatism, when it isn't, like, laying it on too thick, I think they're just charming to watch. Like, this is a... I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but this is like a nice old people movie where it's like <laughs> two older people who know that like they they have lived a long life and like there's a lot of things about the modern world that they don't fully understand and just watching them get up and dance or go for a walk or have a Fitbit type thing on is like comedy in and of itself. Like it, it's just that kind of simple, easy movie with two charismatic leads 
And uh, unfortunately, other than that, I feel like there's not a whole lot to recommend this movie. I think it doesn't really know where it's going in terms of the, the conversation. Like, we all know what point A is. We all know what point B is. Like, we know there was a Benedict. Now there's a Francis. I have no idea how much of this conversation happened and how much is, like, purely imagined of, like, what would these popes have said to each other if they could talk right before that um, that moment of change. But, like, there's a ton of time spent doing flashback exposition... Exp- <laughs> doing doing flashback exposition... <laughs> of Pope Francis's life um, in Argentina. And I feel like that stuff is just very drawn out and like very, very, very heavy handed and done late enough in the film that like we already kind of know most of it from earlier conversations. So th- there was something in the making of the movie that I feel like it it doesn't move along very much and it doesn't really have anything new to say. Like even in its condemnation of Pope Benedict, it's kind of hitting him with kid gloves, right? Like, there, there are scenes where he acknowledges some of the mistakes he's made and he just asks for forgiveness. And then by the end of a conversation, we're meant to mostly forgive him and move on. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's an easy film that doesn't do a whole lot, but the leads are charming enough that like I had a nice time watching it anyway. Yeah. So, so I approach this film, um, given that I'm like, I'm not following these two popes, um, normally, and I don't really know much about... Oh man, Francis's Insta is off the hook, dude. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't really know much about their, their history, um, or their sort of rivalry, I guess, um, or really anything about the two men at all. Um, so I kind of approach this as just two men of faith talking with each other, um, and approach it the same way that I approach it if it was like a made-up religion in uh, Westeros or something, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's I, – I just wanted to watch these two characters play off each other. And I actually really liked it a lot. Oh, wow. um, I – yeah, there's a lot of time spent on the backstory that is not the conversations that they're having. There is some really obnoxious scenes where they like talk about build bridges, not walls, which mm-hmm. just felt – it it just felt really like is this the film we were making or is this something you're like putting in for like western audiences to like help drive home some message like that sort of stuff felt very strange to me um but the conversations were two men of faith with very specific beliefs about their faith um and very strong both self-criticism and criticism of the other person dialogued back and forth about those things and i thought they were moments of um of like greatness of them like acknowledging their flaws and kind of struggling over what they both want to do like i mean so i don't know how quote spoilery to be about different things but just like the fact that both men want to walk away from what it is that they do but they both believe that they need the other person to stay in their position to try to repair the damage that has been done to the church. I, I thought that those those conflicts between their own ideals versus what they think the the, the church as a people need were really, really compelling. And I, I, like, I found myself really drawn in to sort of their conversations um, and their sort of banter back and forth. Um, they have amazing chemistry together. Yeah. Like, ju- it... Spoiler for the credits, like they, the credits is them sitting around watching a sporting game together. And I would have watched the entire game. <laughs> like if they would have just take the recording of the World Cup um, from 2014 or whatever it was and just 
shot the them watching the entire game in character i would watch that as a movie mm-hmm. <laughs> um i like i so i i think yes lesser actors maybe would have made me care less about it but watching these two individuals have these conversations i thought was really compelling and i i, I really enjoyed it so when like on paper when you describe the kind of the battle of wills and philosophies and like each is in a certain place and they're kind of in a gridlock because they both need to have this conversation and get a different outcome at the end, both of which are kind of, each of them wants to take an action that is the opposite of pushing for their philosophy. And so they're trying to talk each other into the opposite of what they believe. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that construct is very clever and I just didn't feel like the movie... I don't know if it was the pace of it or the like the writing or something. I, I didn't feel that that tug of war as, as like deeply as I wanted to. I felt more like it was there. It was the text of the film. Sometimes like they would basically acknowledge this is what I want. This is what you want. Yeah, yeah. But then it would kind of like ebb and flow in a way where it didn't feel like it was sliding in any direction. Like I, I didn't feel like either convinced each other of anything. I felt like the clock ran out, and that meant in like. To, in the final stretch, they had to come to an agreement, but I, I didn't feel the same like them opening each other up to aspects of faith or to like shine light on their disagreements in any more meaningful way. Um, I, I like I like what they paint about themselves, and yeah. you know I'm I'm kind of a sucker for films about faith, and I think like opening up and talking about you know should you be literally bound to the truth of scripture as you know it or should you try to be of the world and in society and how much should you be vulnerable and presenting yourself as like a flawed person versus how much should you stand up as a rock because the church as an institution needs to thrive um that is all interesting and it's there and like my brain was having fun thinking about those things while the movie was going on i just feel like it's painting in a very simple brush where like benedict was pretty much the bad pope that we forgive. And Francis is the perfect pope whose only flaw is that he's guilty about some things many decades ago that even then it's not clear whether or not it would have been a better or worse choice to act differently. Yeah. Like, and and when it does the like make bridges, not walls type messaging, that seems to be like extra piling it on thick that like Francis is the cool pope. He's the liberal pope. He's like the progressive pope. And well, I, I, I was I was really glad that that wasn't the end of the film because mm-hmm. it, it goes into this music montage of like all these walls around the world and like people literally spray painting build bridges, not walls, and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, oh, this movie just now lost me. Yeah, <laughs> like you were doing so good. I was totally on board, and then this came, and then there's a whole rest section of the movie, and I was like, oh, all right, cool. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, and that definitely helps because I just think I also don't follow the papacy too too heavily. Like I'm not an avid watcher of that or soccer, um, but <laughs> I I know enough to know that like while Francis has been a step in the right direction, it isn't like the Catholic Church is now this beacon for progressive ideals that everyone can latch onto. Like there are plenty of things where it is still kind of progressive, and there have still been you know issues of uh, child abuse somewhat swept under the rug by Catholicism. And I think, like, painting it so binary, like, it was bad, now it's good. Look at this saintly person and look at this other person who realized that their time is gone. It 
I don't know. It, it well, felt like the movie could do something more interesting if they both had more real flaws they were willing to bring yeah. to the table in their conversations. So I, I think at least uh, that Francis isn't painted as the perfect savior. Mm. The thing that they keep beating um, over the whatever, like the, the, the thing they keep hitting on with him is his work towards inequality. Um, they focus less on him trying to correct the problems with the Catholic Church. So at least it's not like a the Benedict was super bad. Francis came in and fixed everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's he he focuses on the one thing, and in the periphery is this like child abuse and stuff like that portion. Yeah. So it's it's at least not trying to um, make it like two sides of one coin of like oh, and now now aren't we all happy that everything worked out? It's it's really just kind of like these two characters dealing with this transition between them, and yeah. I and I think the. I think that the reason why it's okay that they're not changing each other's minds is that they do go through their own transitions themselves. So it's it's not about them teaching the other person, it's about them teaching themselves. Mm-hmm. And that I think that what even though it's not like a it's it's not like a succession thing where you're watching these two like powerhouses just like be monstrous to each other, mm-hmm. it's the, the the scenario itself is funny because uh Francis wants to retire and Benedict has to approve that retiring, yeah. but he he won't, right? And there's nothing that uh, that Francis can do to make Benedict sign the thing and say, yes, you are released. So there's not a, I'm trying to change your mind to let me go. It's them having these conversations, knowing full where th- that they're at an input. Yeah, like they're, they're stuck circumventing the issue because Anthony Hopkins will literally just ignore the question if it's yeah, asked yeah, of him. Yeah, and like there, there is... A funniness and like a levity to that yeah. that that I just was like totally eating up. Like it was like I was not for a moment bored during this oh, film. Yeah, no. I was totally like I, I wasn't bored either, and that, that's why I'm, I'm kind of surprising myself by like being the devil's advocate here because it, it was a totally nice way to have like a like early morning showing. Especially, it felt like the kind of light movie that you need at yeah. that time of day. Um, I just, when I think back on it, I feel like there's so much more it could have done. And I, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's coasting to me so much on the charisma of its leads. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I totally concede that. Like yeah. I, I guarantee you if other people were in this role, if either one of the t- the two leads were absent from this film, it would be a different yeah. thing. And I don't know that I would enjoy it as much. I, but. I do have to say, I think the casting is pretty genius though. Like, Especially, like, Anthony Hopkins does not look like Pope Benedict at all. But when you see him do that, like, make that face and act the way he's acting, like, I can't imagine another actor in his role. And Jonathan Price to me, is, like, the spitting image of Pope Francis now. Like, <laughs> I, I, I honestly felt confused which was which when it was showing news footage, like, yeah, at yeah. that end. I, I didn't know, like, are they showing me the real footage of Francis or are they showing me, like, footage of Jonathan Price that's meant to look like Pope Francis? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad the High Sparrow's back. <laughs> yeah. So, should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen, if you were going to give us a must-see record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Um, I'm giving it a wait for rental. I think it was a, a perfectly nice way to spend two hours, but I do think it's a fairly inconsequential movie, and I do think it's a subject matter that you could, especially with these two actors, you could have had them really sink their teeth into something that was... It could have still had levity, but just it could have probed at things that made me think about my own life like more. And I feel like this, yeah. this isn't finding anything that you didn't already know at the beginning. Like this is trying to show a nice journey, but I don't think it's 
I don't think it's revealing anything that the audience didn't feel walking in. And, yeah, and to me, that's kind of a missed opportunity. And it, it is rare to have a very philosophic, religious movie that is just like a two-hander of like a deep conversation. So I, yeah. to me, that kind of is dropping the ball. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a recommend with a caveat. Um, as I said, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't know that everybody is going to enjoy it. There are definitely a lot of people in our screening that did not enjoy it. Um, but what I will say is that this is our, of the festival, this is our only 9 a.m. screening. And I know 9 a.m. doesn't sound like that early, but when you're going to sleep at like 3. <laughs> yeah, and we're on West Coast time. Yeah, and we're on West Coast time. A 9 a.m. screening is, uh, is a little, little rough. Um, so we were potentially going to abandon this one um, yeah. to go sleep in basically or record some more episodes um but we said nah screw it we're gonna do this and uh i'm, I'm really glad that we did because yeah, I, and, I enjoyed it and i am too which is why this rating system is hard to follow because it, <laughs> it's rental even leaning toward pass with a caveat but i'm glad i saw it <laughs> yeah and you will only be able to rent this because, yep. because it's going to netflix so everything is just all screwed up mm-hmm. um but yeah that is a review of the two popes um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. We are going to go take off. And we have a few more episodes to record. We've got to get dinner and then we're going to go see Knives Out. Um, so we're excited over here, but yeah. we got to go. So see you next time. Bye. Bye. This is Canadian content and it's time we take credit for it. Starting now. Oh, oh. Canada!